this is the Atypical Mom Podcast, and I'm Nicole Birch. I'm Mikkel Lee. And we're just two typical moms raising exceptional needs children, and we want to encourage you to do the same. We are, I'm Nicole Birch. Mikkel Lee. And we are identical twin sisters. We are, what, 32 years old? Young. Young. Okay, young. We're 32 years young. We will be 33 years older (laughs) in May. And my twin sister is a hairdresser by trade. Yes. How many years now? 14. 14. Oh, you are getting old. I am. Okay. And I am a work from home mom. I take care of my husband who has PTSD and my six children. Yes. I I said six. I she have has, three, half as many. She's way more conservative than I am. And all done. <laughs> <laughs> and all done, yes. And you are currently cooking number... Seven! Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yay her. Yay me. <laughs> we are due with baby number seven in the treehouse. My last name is Birch, so we call ourselves the treehouse over here. Ha ha ha, pun intended. Um, <laughs> and... We will be adding a new little sapling in October 2020. Or maybe September if this one follows its brothers and sisters. Early risers. Yes, very early (laughs) risers. (laughs) So that is who we are. I am a blogger. My sister is an award-winning author and pediatric feeding advocate. Yes, and she actually has a book. What is your book? I have a fourth book coming out next week. So in February 2020, we'll have four books out. And the first one is My Belly Has Two Buttons, inspired by my son when he received his feeding tube. And all of these have kind of followed suit, continuing the story of Nico. So we call him our My Belly Has Two Buttons library. Yes, so My Belly Has Two Buttons library is our sponsor for the Atypical Mom podcast for season one. We will be advertising her books every single podcast and letting you know where you can find them. Where can you find them? You can find them on Amazon or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. At McKelly. At McKelly. And you can ask me for a copy, and I will send you a link for paying information. Tell her to sign it, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we sign books as well. Yes. We also have some add-ons that we can talk about later on. Mm-hmm. What's coming in February? Feeding Tube Awareness Week. Yes, and you have what going for Feeding Tube Awareness Week? We have a video that we are doing for the fourth year in a row third year as my belly has two buttons and we are inviting our tubi friends from around the world to join us by sending pictures via um, instant messenger on facebook on facebook or instagram so that they can help us by joining us and raising awareness visual representation i believe makes these people who use these life-saving devices safer because if people have seen it one time they typically aren't as startled right So she will be making a video from everybody's submissions. That's the visual representation that she does every year. And every year is themed. Did you settle on a theme yet or has that not happened yet? Uh, I think we're going to use empowerment words. So things like I am kind, I am a kind person, I am a good person, I am strong, I am powerful, things like that. 
Okay. Last year was in this family, nobody fights alone, right? So in this community, no one fights alone. Yeah, and you can find that on YouTube. Yes. Last year and the year before's video, right? Yes, and I have shared in the past the first video I did, which was just Nico before mm -hmm. we ever had a book out, and it was just like from birth up to the point he got his feeding tube, and we were just sharing it with our friends, so we've just continued it every year. And where in the world do we live? We're currently sitting in my car, my big white 12-passenger <laughs> van that my 7-year-old calls Bessie. <laughs> and we are in Montana. Montana. We are in very cold Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Not as cold as it has been in years past, but... No, there it's snow-ish right now, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is code for it snowed this morning and now it is melting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... What is this podcast going to be about? NICU through neurotypical. Right. Because we have nine children currently between us, and we range from... What? The NICU with my youngest, my current youngest. And to neurotypical, my oldest. And, yep. So, my oldest, Nicole, this is Nicole, <laughs> my oldest is 10. He is on the spectrum, and he has been diagnosed in the last eight months with PANDAS which is an autoimmune disease. Um, his was caused by his strep, and it attacked his brain. Not all pandas eat bamboo. I know, right? Yes, <laughs> not all pandas eat bamboo. It is not like the black and white mammal, just saying. <laughs> as unique. As, <laughs> yes, as unique, but not like that. And then my next oldest child and second son has celiac disease. One of two. One of two of mine, yes. And then my oldest daughter and third child has celiac disease. And? And childhood apraxia of speech. Which means that she had three words at three. Yes. And got put into speech therapy by the wonderful speech therapist who messaged our pediatrician. Love her to this day for that. Um, we love our SLPs. We do. <laughs> They're wonderful. And then, you know, we kind of had two typical kids between there, so... I have two, well, now three neurotypical children. My youngest three are neurotypical. But McKinnon's story started off a little interesting. Yeah, um, I'm a nine-time pregnant mama. I've been pregnant nine times in my parenting journey. I have six living children, and our, you know, eighth pregnancy ended in preeclampsia for the first time, so he was born exactly five weeks early, and his lungs showed that. So he ended up in the NICU for 12 days, and he was a 2B graduate on day nine. So Which wasn't the worst part. That actually was the easiest part. I know, right? Because yeah. he'd already been introduced to yeah. feeding tubes with my son. Yes, I had <laughs> been a 2B auntie. <laughs> for many, many years. So I knew about that part. The hardest part for me was being in the NICU. As a, you know, at that point, six-time mother, being in the NICU was like being in prison, which was not good for anybody. <laughs> Why was it especially difficult, emotions-wise? Um, because I didn't have a lot of support from the medical team. Um... They, they were not used to, and this is their words, not mine, they were not used to a mom that had six kids, all from the same dad, and refused to leave the NICU. 
you also were on a rainbow baby. Yes, he was. He's our rainbow baby, and we had a stillbirth before him, so there was no way this mama was leaving that hospital without her kid again. Which explains some increased emotions, because rainbow babies are babies that come after a loss, an yes. infant loss. Yes. So uh, infant infant loss awareness here. We we did survive. We are now on. Sorry about that. We are now on. I call him my double, this baby, my double rainbow baby, because really, what do you call the second successful birth after loss? Blessing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Always. They're all blessings. Yes. Blessings. Okay. We have another blessing. Yes. <laughs> and we will find out all the wonderful things in February about, you know, that estimated due date. <laughs> surprises happen. I know. Surprises, surprises. Just ask McKinnon. Yes. But then my NICU baby went on to be completely neurotypical. He is, or just typical in every way. Um, He came out of the NICU drinking a bottle. And at three months and three days old, we successfully started our nursing relationship after exclusive pumping. So, yay and amen, we, we dealt with that. Yes, that was a difficult time for you, pumping around the clock. Yes, I am not built for pumping. No, I am not. <laughs> I think I've pumped more than you have. You have for McKinnon. <laughs> you are you are a stronger person than I am. <laughs> I had no choice with Nico. It was pump and dump basically because he could not take a bottle. Oh yeah, I remember that. Or a that. cup or anything. <laughs> yeah, two of her children have dysphagia. Yes. So my oldest, very strong-willed, sensitive child, neurotypical in many and all ways. Um, was blessed with no issues. Yay! Um, but then the the little ones following her, our seven-year-old, has Chiari malformation, and we didn't know that for six and a half years of her life. We fought for a diagnosis, um, as we'll talk in later episodes of this season. There is a power in diagnosis, and I have known that from the moment we started searching for one, that if we (laughs) had a diagnosis, life would be so much easier. Well, Um, everybody doesn't want to, as they put it, slap a label on their kids, but I found that in this journey, a label means that you now have, for lack of a better term, the medical street creds to back up what you're saying. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And when doctors think hear hoof beats they need to think zebras with our tiny people i know right <laughs> yes because horses are nowhere to be found <laughs> right right you know we call this our atypical mom podcast because we're typical moms we think we feel like a mom and we hoped for that healthy baby Beca- but we now know the truth the truth is that you know it's not if the baby that is healthy, that is the most important thing. That is the biggest lie you can tell any mom in the history of the world. As long as they're healthy. No. Eh, wrong. No. As long as you are willing, that is where it should be. You know, after my loss, I so before my loss, I would have said that. As long as I'm willing to go that route, to fight as hard as I have to. Now, I'm, I am A-OK with as long as the baby comes out alive yes that (laughs) That is my absolutely that is my end game (laughs) but you know after our second child choked and struggled with her feeding journey and then our third one right followed 
immediate suit, <laughs> right? Um, with all of those issues and more, up and to and magnified by a million. <laughs> oh yes, um, became life threatening. Yes, and I do agree with that. He's kind of a stealth, like yeah, he's sneaky. Yeah, he's sneaky, scary, <laughs> and, and, and not deliberately. Like that's just you know he puts the atypical in atypical. Yes. He is like ace. Yeah, <laughs> I am sick of the term. They do not follow the normal progression or normal track of some diagnosis or symptoms. They just don't follow the normal. Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> I just consider normal a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, normal is a safe word. It's when the doctor is going, I don't know what to do. They're not it's normal. The, it's the white flag of medical journey. It is the white flag. We are waving the white flag. I give up. I give up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but as we've learned in our parenting journey, you can't give up. No. There, there is a reason that we are, you know, we're tailoring this podcast to be an absolute advocacy for exceptional needs moms. Like, our goal is that you're going to be listening to us banter back and forth because if you think that this is all staged, it's not. This is how, this we, is how we are. <laughs> um, ask our children, Mom, you're so happy all the time and laughing with your sister. It's a good thing I don't hate her. Right. Uh, we shared a womb and a room. So. I know, right? Until <laughs> we were 18. Right. <laughs> there, were, there were a couple brief pauses in there, but <laughs> for the most part, we shared it all. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. This season of the Atypical Mom podcast is from me, Mikkel Lee, the author of My Belly Has Two Buttons, A Very To Be Christmas, I Want To Be President, and My To Be Fairy, all found on Amazon.com and Facebook and Instagram at Mikkel Lee. We may as well have figured out how to get along. Yep. <laughs> Or we're just learning, and it's just going really well. <laughs> See? Adulting in our 30s. We're yes. winning. <laughs> and twinning. Yes. Winning and twinning. That's our motto. <laughs> new motto. <laughs> new motto. Okay. We have a new one. But yes, this is our goal, is that you're going to be listening to this podcast, and you're going to be getting your first giggle of the day while your children are, you know, in the hospital, and you are just struggling to have a good day. Because a lot of our days have not been good. Right? Yes. When when you have to sit in a room and ask permission to touch your kid, it's never a good day. Or you sit in there after you've put them to bed and all you can think to do is sit and cry because that's the only thing that helps. Right? It's called releasing emotion. Yes. yes. Sometimes it is for everyone's safety. Right? <laughs> Including your own. Find a way to do it. Yes. Yes. You know, we didn't always live in the same town. We've only lived in the same town for the last year and two months. <laughs> After a 10-year hiatus. Yes. So, you know, our, we were we were the phone warrior sisters. It's yes. like, oh, who do you talk to? I talk to my sister every single day. Three times. Three or four <laughs> times a day. And people would look at you like, you want to talk to your family that much? Um, yes. Yeah. And, and mind you, we were multiple time zones apart at that point it, for most of it. Yeah. True. Because when my husband was active duty, I was calling her at, what, 6 o'clock in the morning, Montana time? Which is evil. 
<laughs> she so so, so we're like yin and yang with the morning <laughs> things. So I am the early riser. Always. You're <laughs> yes. And and she's the one that would sleep until noon, but her children let her sleep till eightish. Eightish. Eightish, yes. Eightish yes. is a thing. And she called me the other day at seven thirty and I thought somebody was dying. <laughs> She even answered the phone. Is everything okay? Right? Because routine is, is a big thing, right? So you when you kind of know somebody's, how they tick, like, and they, they jump out of routine, huh, autism. Um, I hadn't even had coffee yet. I, oh, see? See? Something was wrong. Yep. But the world wasn't coming to an end. Everyone but you were calling me for coffee. She's spoiled That's rotten, true. by the way. <laughs> Yes. you love me. <laughs> <laughs> she really just pulls that, you're my sister and I, I really need coffee. Yes. Coffee is life. It is the elixir of the special needs mom. Yes, right? <laughs> it makes all the things good. <laughs> coffee and string cheese. Yes. You can hide them in your purse. That and granola bars. Yes. Seriously, get... one day we will touch on the Mary Poppins bag that Mary is Poppins her purse. Um, I have more children than her. Have had for many years. And she still carries more junk in her bag than I do. Well, it's significantly less than it used to be now that Nico's a Tubi graduate. But still... <laughs> The woman has pulled, not even lying, nine granola bars out of her bag in and one sitting. Two of them were actually gluten-free for your kiddos, Yes, too. they were. <laughs> so, like I said, Mary Poppins has nothing on Kelly's bag. I'm an, aunt, I'm an awesome auntie mommy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and you will probably hear us refer to ourselves as auntie mommies because that's what our children call us. They get confused because... You know, the face is the same, because <laughs> we are identical twins. The voice is similar. The voice is very similar, but they're kind of not paying attention, and they're like, Auntie? Mommy? So it's just easier to just, you know, cut to the chase. Just call me Auntie Mommy. And when we're addressing all of them at once. Yes, because that is confusing. Auntie? Mommy? Who, who do you belong to? Yeah, you know who you belong to. Right. <laughs> So, yes, you, you may hear us refer to ourselves as that. And then and we are married. Yes. Yes. We do have husbands. Sister husbands. Sister husbands, <laughs> yes. Poor men. <laughs> but kudos to them. They have only, both of them, screwed up and called the other one honey one time. In 10 years for me. And 11 years for me. Right. Yes. They've, they've each, on their own, only done that one time. They deserve a round of applause. I know. Good job. <laughs> Good job. They can even tell us apart. And that was when we had the same color hair. Yes. Yes. And a similar haircut. Yes. Right now, I am bun hair, don't care. And my twin sister, being a hairdresser... Might be pink in a day or so. I know, right? Yes. She likes her pink hair. People around town are all shocked that she's been blonde for several months now. <laughs> they um, think something's wrong. They do. They think something's wrong with her. <laughs> but you can also find the video where she shaved her head like her daughter for her Chiari surgery on YouTube. Yes, it's on YouTube. And we also shared it on our Instagram and our Facebook page. Yes. So... We you had can, purple hair that time. Yes, she had purple hair. So you can find that on McKelly on YouTube? Yes. Yes. So that's my husband's name. So to continue with the husbands, we can't leave them out. They're special no. needs warriors too. Yes. Uh, my husband's name is Alan. He has a wonderful sidekick named Mr. Nate that is his, his, his registered service dog. 
Mine is Nick, yep. and he is a stay-at-home dad. Yes, he is. And that is a medal in itself. <laughs> yes. He also um, himself suffers from PTSD and bipolar. Yes. Um, so we do deal with similar things. Yes. Not to the extent of Alan's with um, his MST, but... Yes, my husband is an MST survivor from his military time. And so, as you can see, exceptional needs is literally our entire lives it is not just kids not just the kids um and who knows what the future holds right <laughs> now that some of the tiny people things are slowing down hopefully now that i say that they'll go full bore um and explode like yes. a volcano <laughs> now we just are dealing with adult things yes yes <laughs> adulting is hard for a moment yes <laughs> peopling is harder yes. <laughs> just ask yeah, right. <laughs> so yes, we are, you know, we're just two moms. We're just trying to give you guys some hope because in the beginning we literally had each other and our mom to to be allies for each other. And that's what we're and hoping. Our spouses. And our spouses are but really our spouses hadn't been around many kids. No. You and I had. They were pretty much only children. In yeah, a lot they of were. Ways. They were raised at least as only boys. They were the only boys in both of their families. Your yeah. husband is an only child, so there really wasn't a lot of understanding. My husband was busy with work because he was, you know, more more than full time active duty military for five years, and at I mean, we were raising kids, so. Right. Mine was trying to work and deal with his own mental health things. And yep. in the midst of it all, you know, you're happily having more children. Right. And hoping beyond all hope that the things you're noticing, that the doctors take you seriously. Or that it, it will resolve itself. Right. And if it doesn't resolve itself, where on earth are you going to go? You know, we... It, and how hard to push. Yeah. There's a fine line. Yeah, between being an absolute bull in a china shop and getting being answers. gentle enough <laughs> to let them know that you mean business. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you do have to have those come-to-Jesus meetings with medical providers as much as we dislike that scenario. <laughs> yes, it's never fun. And and you lose something in that process. You it, do. It's, it's very upsetting to get there. You know, sometimes the conversations we have may be upsetting because they trigger something for you, a memory, a circumstance. For that, we're very sorry. But, you know, we are only sharing what we know. Right. And what we've experienced, and a lot of it has been very triggering. And I feel that caregiver PTSD is a real thing. Right. Sometimes a very undiagnosed thing. And I myself am recently on... Um, medicine mm -hmm. and experiencing like panic attacks, things like that from caregiver, from trauma. caregiver trauma associated yep. with the circumstances that we've gone through, right. which have been in a, in far too frequent, <laughs> far too fr frequent incidents, um, yep. very antagonistic when it shouldn't have had to be. Right. Yeah. So this whole journey on our, our first well, our first season of the podcast is mm -hmm. going to be specifically related to food. That Pediatric seem, feeding disorder. Yeah. So it seems like a very, you know, narrow topic. But when you're considering exceptional needs and the types of exceptional needs that we 
you know, are encountering in our homes, just our two homes, it's, it's really a very broad topic. Because it's, feeding is complex. Yes. I mean, just even the process of putting food into your mouth. Right. Sometimes that is not even possible. Right. That's, that's not always the and beginning of and the process. It's not, <laughs> it's not a pickiness. Pickiness is not a true diagnosis. Right. That is something that adults have. That is something that neurotypical children have. Right. That is not something that is even a pediatric feeding scope. Right. That is um, kind of like the word normal. Yes, it is kind <laughs> of like the word normal. Yes. So that is going to be our first season of the podcast. We will be talking about our own, again, personal experiences. This is also, this is going to be, you know, a personal experience smorgasbord. <laughs> All the things. All the things. You know, neither one of us are medical providers. We have absolutely zero credentials behind our name other than um, advocating like a mother. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. But, you know, we've we've been here for, for a while. Yeah. We're not new at this and, you know, we never asked for this. But no. we took it on and we love our children enough to continue to the journey. And, you know, we're still searching for some answers for my three littles. Yep. Um, we're still searching for some things for Nicole's six. Yes. Well, and a few of them. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Not every day is a medical emergency, but not every day is smooth sailing either. No. And in the midst <laughs> of the crazy, we're still choosing, well, I'm still choosing to write books. and Right. <laughs> And I'm still choosing to talk about our experiences because that's pretty much what, that's how I cope. That's my coping mechanism. Um, yeah. I got a big mouth. <laughs> that's not a coping mechanism. That's but a it life is. Skill. It is a life skill. Okay. So now we're calling it a life skill <laughs> to, to open our mouth. Yes. Yes. Hence the reason we have a podcast. That's true. Yes. <laughs> You've been listening to the Atypical Mom podcast. Please come back and listen to our next episode.